Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. power to overcome. I wonder if I got that. Is there a picture I had, faith, build a bridge, some quote I saw. I love that. And uh, yeah, let faith be the bridge you build to overcome evil and welcome good. My father came to a service once way back in 96 or 97 in the school hall, Cutler Drive Primary School Hall. And uh, he came in. It was a miracle he's even in the house. He's been through the war, sort of been through a lot of nasty stuff through the war, saw a lot of injustice and, uh, and you know, he, nice guy, he's a great guy, he's, you know, very sociable and he's not cranky, uh, very personable, but um, he says to me that human nature has let him down, human nature, people, you know, like life, people betraying you and uh, stuff happening to you through people. But uh, I questioned that, and he said, yeah, I admire your faith. I come into your church this, you know, this day, and, and I admire your faith. In fact, I'm looking to you, I'm looking to your faith. He said to our church, he said, I'm looking to your faith. I, I actually got him up. I don't know how it happened, but I got him up. I think he got a sort of got saved. He ended up on the altar. On the altar. And, um, and he actually turned to the crowd and he said, I'm looking to your faith to believe in God again. Basically, it was that in a nutshell. He said, I'm looking how real God is in your life to maybe, because he was an altar boy in the Anglican church in Wales, England. He used to help take the offering up with his father. And they used to sing in the choir. And, uh, and then the war hit. And he saw his friends not come back and some come back and really brutalized by that and uh and so you know he's maybe thinking god let him down too that god's let the planet down so people are looking at us and our faith i guess when your health when your finances when your family are all going well it's great but when it's at risk you realize if you live long enough that I guess um, that life is frail. It's not as maybe secure, no matter what you do, no matter how much money you get, how much popularity, how, how, how famous you are, how much power you get. Still, at the end of the day, they say about Joseph Stalin that with all the power that he had, that he was afraid to sleep at night that he used to have a, a guard, a soldier, looking after his tea bags. They say with um, Howard Hughes, with all the billions of dollars that he had, with all the wealth that he had, that wasn't enough because he too became a hermit and was very lonely and shriveled up into this disease of loneliness. Popularity doesn't do it for us, obviously. John Lennon, the biographers would say about John Lennon that he was a fearful man. 
that he used to sleep with the lights on at night, that he was afraid of germs. So popularity isn't, isn't the deal. So what gets us over the line? What gives us courage to live this life? Earthly supports can only sustain you so long. Courage for living comes from a deep, abiding trust in God. Oh, I love that. The courage to live life, to venture out and do life, to risk all and to go for your best life rather than be pulled back into your own safeguards and your own sensitivities of life, sensibilities of life. Because it takes boldness and it takes courage to go for, to do what we've done with this church. It took great courage to venture out from my job as a breadwinner, as a husband, a father, to venture out beyond that role and become a leader of a church, to lead a great family across and through the wilderness into the promised land. Took great courage, Luke. <laughs> and it does. It doesn't come by just a patsy sermon, but it comes by someone who's been through life and has been dealt with by life and then can emote that victory to the people of God. That's Phil and Julie. We haven't got great big accolades of Bible college statuses, and, but we certainly have been through the reality of life, the crucible of life. We've been dealt with it and we responded to it accordingly, good I hope, and then God has found us as candidates to be gospel preachers. Amen? That's basically who we are. The Bible says this, this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. But faith is only as valuable as that which you put it into. If I've got faith in those nice cars, that, that faith is sort of not really resolute, everlasting, impenetrable, irrefutable. But faith in our God, God who can be trusted in, God who's absolutely rock steady, that is real faith. And that is the faith that overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. David said, through you, push, through you, we push back our enemies. Through your name, we trample our foes. Psalm 44 verse 5. Jesus said, I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Luke 10 verse 19. Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness? I think not. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Romans 8, 35 to 37. Well, I'd love to think my purpose in life is to, I guess... Uh, explain and lead people to a personal relationship with God through a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope that that's what this church is about. This is a gospel message this morning. I think something's going to happen. Even if whatever happens, something's going to shift in our hearts when I bring this just simple, I guess, steps of 
the gospel message. Because at the end of the day, it's about Christ, Him crucified, our sins forgiven, from us being separated from Him, from our holy God, whose standards are so high, we could never, we could never appease through any religion, through any good works, we must need Jesus Christ and the price paid by His blood on the cross for His, for our salvation. We need that. So we need to explain that. So I want to use John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. It's the most famous scripture on the planet. Again, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. I've got time, haven't I? Have I got time? Have I got 10 minutes? Help me. I don't want to get anxious. I know we're trying to do a very tight service, but let's go to the first point. God so loved the world. Does God love me? God so loved the world. Does God love me? Does He know me? Does He see me? Does He listen to me? I think he does. Absolutely. Jeremiah 31 verse 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. It's a love that's incomparable to any worldly love. It's a divine love. It's a divine love of God reaching out to all humanity. Knocking upon every door of every heart. Even right now. God is reaching out to the suburbs that surround us and His divine love is knocking on the door of their hearts. We need to pray, we need to believe, we need to get it out there so that that love can do a work on people's hearts. Amen? This is what we got to do, church. God is love, 1 John 4, 16. I love the, the emotion, the sentiments of that you were... Uh, that you had in your song, Jesse, that the song. Because you know what? No matter how far you run, you can't get away from God. Jesse went to England, Europe, and Spain, and went to some exciting places, my daughter. But no matter how far you run, you can't run away from God. He's always there. He was with Neil Armstrong on the moon in 1969. He's in the guy, he's with the guys in the submarines in the deep blue sea. He's in, he's in the corporate world, he's in the marketplace, he's, he's, in, he's in Cam's plane when he's flying over the states of, of Australia. And he certainly is, because Cam's praying. And the presence of God goes with him. No matter where you go, God loves you. And the Bible says. God sent Jesus to this world to die on the cross for our sins, to give us salvation. It's a beautiful thing. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for us. God has a plan for us. God created us in his image who said that was that you andrew we're not we're not just made up of just some flesh and bones and we can talk now and 
No, we're created in His image. We're unique. We're God-ordained creatures made in His image. We represent Him. We should represent Him in how we live. We're vessels that are filled with Him. The Bible says we are a vessel that can be filled with more of God and be poured out with God. He knows the very hairs of our head. They're numbered, he says. Two, that he gave his only son. Who is Jesus? What does his life and death and resurrection mean for me? Everyone is asking that. And a lot of people don't realize what it means. But only Jesus Christ can give us permanent transformation. Say permanent transformation. I love this quote. Today, if you try... Jesus is ready to help you. Meaning if you try in life, try and do this, try and do that, try and do this. Even if you try and get saved, he's there to help you. There's power to get saved. Do you know that? Do you know people cannot get saved without the grace and without the power of God to get them over the line? That's what got you saved, Luke. You didn't just get clever and say, oh, I can do this in my own strength, man. I can get down to that church and give my life to the Lord. That's easy. No, God gave you power to do that. There's power in the gospel. There's power released in us that when we try things in life, like Katrina does and tries to run our office, despite all the irregularities of Pastor Phil and his, um, all his funny timings and ways and, and, you know, spontaneous acts of changing things, still... God gives Katrina power to make that office work. Amen? And Andrew, look at Andrew. Andrew's one of the best businessmen we got in this church. But God gives him the power to do that. It's power. Look at Luke. He's just about to take over an air conditioning company. And in his own right. Yeah, I'm prophesying. Is that all right? I'm upping the... Yeah, but it's getting... You know, you're going to get there. You're going to be running a whole, you know... 20 stories of building. Come on. Yeah. Today, if you sin, Jesus is ready to forgive you. Today, if you get hurt, Jesus is ready to heal you. Today, if you need knowledge, Jesus is ready to teach you. Today, if you need wisdom, Jesus is ready to guide you. Jesus is right there. Jesus is ready to partner with us and with our friends. Jesus answered, John 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Many go through life unfulfilled. I I, I love this um, analogy that I got that life is like a blank canvas. Julie has blank canvases. She paints. She's learned to paint in her latter years. And uh, they're just blank. We buy them from the art studios and she brings them home. They're blank. That's our life. Our life is a blank canvas until, until we begin to allow God to paint purpose into that canvas. And I was looking at some of your paintings yesterday on our anniversary, the first day of September, uh, December in uh, 1984. Uh, we were married holy wedlock and uh, man I didn't know all the full purposes of you but as I've gotten to know you I've realized my God you are just so rich with potential and talent and 
great stuff that God uses to bless so many people, Jules. You are such a blessing. But that canvas of yours, if I was to be able to show these people right now, they would be, they would be in awe of the wonder. And each one of you people would be the same. If I was to hold up your canvas of what God has painted and sketched and, you, and the Holy Spirit is coloring in and you are fulfilling in your cold life, if I was to show that to you, go, is that my canvas? Is that me? And then there's other people who have struggled with this and said, I, li- I have no purpose in life. My canvas, my canvas is empty. It's, it's, it's just blank. Three, that whoever believes in him, that whoever, that whoever, I was watching a video of the guy out of these um, Metallica, help me, uh, death, death metal, death metal. And, and uh, he's giving testimony of how he got saved. He's a guitarist, a phenomenal guitarist, help me, Corn. He still looks a little bit like he's on the other side, but I watched a, a testimony of him and I'm talking about the whosoever. If a guy like that can get saved, and he's sitting there. I mean, his hair's still dead straight. He's got the eyeliner. He's got that pale look. He's had all these guitars around him. He's obviously done very well. He's in his studio. But he said, until I got saved, I had no peace. I had no direction. I had no purpose. And he's saying, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is awesome. I couldn't believe this was coming out of this man's mouth. That whosoever, I mean, I got saved. Come on, whosoever. That my friend said, Phil Oldfield is, is, is saying yes to Jesus, going to church and marrying a woman that's saying yes to Jesus. Come on, get out of here. That whosoever. Jay Brown even got saved. And the whole Bado Bay and the entrance, we're all talking about his old school buddies going, Jay Brown going to church, get out of here. And he's met a, a girl that he's going to marry. And she's a, a God person too. Jay Brown, no way. It couldn't be. Whosoever. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what these people have done out there. So when we stand before them, we just got to say, whosoever, man. You're a candidate to be saved. No matter how banged up they are. No matter what they've done. No matter who they are. No matter how much they're... They're, they're, they're con people and whatever, whosoever. I love that. Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? I love what that corn guitarist said. He said, I've been told by my pastor, if I stay close to Jesus, he will change me. He will change me. I went, praise God. Don't try and change people. Just love them. Joyce Meyer said that in one of her blogs this week. If you try and change people, you're going to come unstuck. It ain't going to work. Let God change people. And that's exactly what this guitarist said. He said, if I stay close to Jesus, he will change me. That's why we always emote in this church a high reverence for Jesus and a worship of Jesus. Jesus is the one that will change you. He's the one that's going to tell you, hey, it's time to sm- stop smoking now. Hey, it's time to stop sleeping around now. Hey, it's time to stop ripping people off now. It's time to do well. 
Pastor Phil ain't going to say that. Julie ain't going to say it. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Revelation 3.20. Oh, I love this stuff. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will be changed into a different person. 1 Samuel 10.6. Put up your hand if you're a different person. If the power of God's come upon you. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. For, for, should not perish. So I'm talking about, for God so loved the world, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish. God isn't, He's not waiting to judge you. He's not condemning you. His arms are open. He's totally in a reconciliation posture. And He's just waiting for everyone to come to Him. He hasn't got a big crooked finger pointing at people or nations or whatever and is allowing whatever to happen. No, He's a God of love. Some people with all these catastrophes and calamities, the towers going down, that's God's judgment. That's God's judgment. I choose to believe with Billy Graham that's not God's judgment. That that's just the product of a world in the throes of a devilish plot between heaven and hell, God and devil, good and bad. That's the consequences of that. God's not judging. God's not tripping you up. Oh, what happened? Oh, God just tripped you up just to teach you. Oh, okay. Gee whiz, what did I do wrong? No. <laughs> no! He loves you. Absolutely loves you. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Of course it does. John 1, verse 12, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Acts 16, verse 30, 31, he asked, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Which brings us to the point, but have eternal life. How do you do that? How do you do that? Easy. You say, God, I'm separated from you. Uh, Lord, I'm a sinner. I, I fall short of your holy standards. I do blow it sometimes, but you are holy. You are absolutely pure and holy. And Lord, you've said sin demands a judgment. That judgment was paid for by Christ Jesus on the cross. Jesus, you came and you paid. You took my sin and you took it to the cross. And you paid for my sin. You paid for my shortfalling. You took that to the cross for me and Lord you're saying in your word that whoever believes in you that if I confess with my mouth that you are Lord that 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 sacrifice to my for my life was real that Lord that you would save me that you would allow me to be purified that you would allow me to be connected to you to have a personal relationship with you Jesus I understand now what you've done for me. I understand why the cross, the cross of Calvary that 
that God the Father said a price must be paid. He sent His only Son, His only begotten Son, to pay for our sins, our shortfallings. That free gift came to us all those years ago, and that gift is available to us. Jesus used to walk through the towns and walk by people, and maybe Jesus is doing that right now. And, and as Jesus walked by those people all those years ago, people would come out and call out. And Jesus would touch their life, heal their life, bless their life. And that's what happens in church. Jesus walks by intimately, by people, and he teaches them. He blesses them. He heals them. He recovers them. And the beautiful thing about Jesus, that he didn't repel people, that he was so, so full of love, so emanating love and no judgment. He was just so open to receive anyone that everyone, anyone who wanted him and who valued him, who respected and honored him would come to him and find solace in their soul and would find peace in God through Jesus Christ. And that's basically what salvation is. Salvation is bringing our life to a place of peace and saying, God, I can't do it without you. I'm not tough enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. Riches don't matter. Possessions don't matter. Popularity don't matter. I need you, God, because everyone has this void in them. Even the richest people, even the most popular people, even the people who have all power, there's a void in everyone that only God can fill. There's a void that God says, that's where I belong. I belong there in your heart. And when we say yes, when we acknowledge God and say, God, I receive you. Come into my life. Cleanse me, fill me, wash me. Let's all stand. God bless you. Let's just all say this prayer together with eyes closed. It's a prayer of salvation. Millions of people all over the world have said this prayer. This is a prayer of salvation. We're going to say it all together. We're going to believe people maybe be saying it for the first time. Even on podcasts, we're going to believe that God is speaking to people. He loves us. He loves you. He loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He loves us. So Father, this morning I pray in this day that salvation is in this house. That salvation is beckoning us to a place in trusting in you belonging to you, becoming a child of God, finding rest in you. Maybe this prayer is for you this morning. Don't let this opportunity go. Don't let this moment go. In a couple of moments, the service will be finished. You can either have God or not have God. You can have salvation or not have salvation. This prayer is for you. This prayer is for all of us. Again, to say to him, Jesus, I love you for the great price that you paid for my life, for the sin that so easily entangles me, that so easily causes me to be 
oppressed, depressed. And so, Lord, this morning through this prayer, I want to be saved. I want to be set free. I want to be born again. I want to be your child. I want to trust in you, and I want to be able to overcome in life in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, we're going to do water baptisms. That's the second most important thing we can do. But right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, let's just simply pray to God and ask the Lord God. I'm sorry for the things, say this, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. I ask your forgiveness and now turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free from my sins. Please come to live in my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So you might want to say it like this. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I trust you. I believe you walked the earth, died on the cross for me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on darkness. I look to the light. I look to the truth. I look to the way of Jesus Christ. Lead me, guide me. Bless me with my best life, I pray. And the saints say, and the saints say, and the saints say, amen. If you said that prayer, maybe for the first time, can I just see your hand if you said that for the first time? Maybe that was you. You're in the house this morning, but somehow you found yourself here. And you're on podcast even, and you're here in my message. That is awesome. Please check our website out. Check out our services and... Um, Please do that. Find out more about God. Find out who He is. Begin to trust Him. Begin to acknowledge Him. Lead Him. Let Him lead you, guide you all the days of your life. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Now let me just pray for you. Father in heaven, bless every single person in this house. Bless every single person. In this place, I pray. In the powerful, wonderful name of Jesus Christ, I pray that the gospel message would continually be released through this house, through this pulpit, through our lives. I pray the gospel to save people. Man, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we've got a crusade coming on, that we need to go outdoors with this message. I don't know, I saw us down at the entrance, working off that stage. And I saw at least a thousand people down in that park hearing the gospel. Can anyone see that? Can anyone see that? Can anyone see Pastor Phil preaching the gospel down there? Just totally getting unhinged. Going after the people of God. Going after His people that are still separated from Him. Jesus Christ, I pray that you would mobilize this church that you would set this church ablaze, that we would be loosed out of these four walls, that God would have his way with us.
that God would have his way in this church through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the saints say, and the saints say, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's be.